0: Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammons, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you guys ready for the word this morning? Wow. You can tell I'm a little bit, uh, whatever. I got home about 10.30 last night. I've been traveling around the world. Since I saw you last, let's see, let me think of where I've been. I've been to Houston. I've been to Newark. I've been to, let's see, Frankfurt. I've been to Nairobi. I've been to Nakuru. I've been to Cairo. I've been to, let me think where else. I've been to Athens. I've been to Thessalonica. I've been to Corinth. Been to Philippi and uh back home last night about 1030. And let me tell you something, the Church of the Living God is doing well. 2022, 2022 is our year of reconnect. We are reconnecting not only with one another in our community it is our year to reconnect in 2022 and we are reconnecting with missionaries also all over the world this past couple of years with all the COVID concerns and with all of the economic concerns and also now with Ukraine and all the things that are going with Russia and Ukraine if you've been uh, lis- listening to any of the news and seeing what's going on around the world such a terrible uh, a, 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 a time for the Ukrainians right now now uh you know I, i i just don't know how else to put it but it is a very terrible and very scary time please be in prayer for our ukrainian brothers and sisters and also for our russian brothers and sisters you know we have churches in russia and anytime that nations go to war it's tough on both sides do you know that god has people on both sides of every equation you know god has people uh... you know uh... on both sides of 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 world war two people in in you know germans who were praying you know uh, uh, praying the lord's prayer on d-day you can read about it there were people on the uh, allied forces praying the lord's prayer on d-day and uh... you know uh, when when people just want the will of god many times finding the will of god is one of their most difficult things because there are so many voices that speak to us, so many situations. There often are so many lies and so many deceptions. Do you know that 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 one of the things that happens whenever nations go to war is that each nation begins to to be infiltrated with propaganda, and the propaganda machine can often tell you what you should think and what you should believe. And if you're not watchful, you can believe a lie. You can end up believing that what you're doing is is all i was reading a book recently it's called d-day through the eyes of a german and it it, it was german soldiers who were interviewed just prior to d-day and they did not know d-day was coming as we see it in history but they knew that there was a buildup and they knew things were happening these were the common soldiers that were in the bunkers on uh, places like Omaha Beach and, and, and places like you know uh, and, and through the eyes of the German soldiers as they were being interviewed and they were being asked why are you here what are you doing here what, 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 what compels you to be here and protect you know uh, uh, this, 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 this area they were interviewed and then some years later the same person went back and interviewed them again and if you would, uh, you know, go to, uh, you know, if you, if you have the chance, perhaps you can find that book and read it because it's amazing. You know, both sides were praying. Both sides, the common soldiers, believed that they were doing the very best. In fact, the German soldiers, by and large, believed that they were protecting French farmers from an invasion of the West from an invasion of America and England that was going to destroy the French economy and destroy the French families and destroy uh, you know, th- their life. Can you believe that? Can you believe that these common soldiers, now looking back on their second interviews, years later, they wept and they cried and they could not believe that they had been so deceived into believing that they were doing a good thing not realizing the machine that they were supporting because they were so filled with the propaganda of this world. They were so filled with the propaganda of a madman, a mad dictator who was absolutely bent on destroying the Jews and destroying nations. Can you believe that? They believed that they were doing good. They believed, And they, they, they believed they were upholding the Christian examples Of what they should do in giving their life for their neighbor so deceived but do you know that people walk around us every day all day long just as deceived there are people today that believe the church of the living God is weak they believe that, that we're somehow losing the battle against society or against uh, you know, humankind. They believe that, that, that God even has perhaps withdrawn or God is judging or God is standing back. Perhaps many people walking around imagining that God uh, you know, is finished with America or finished with the church are finished. Nothing could be farther from the truth. In fact, if you can hear it on the news, you may as well throw it in the trash. Okay. Listen, let me tell you, the church of the living God is bigger than it ever has been. It is more powerful and more productive than ever. It is going faster and going farther. It's doing more, and it's making more headway than ever in history. And that's not just because of the numbers of people in the earth that's because the church is powerful the church is maturing i have touched a lot of places since i saw you last and in every place i have found christians testifying to the goodness of god to the blessings of god to the power of god to the hope of god i have not stepped on one bit of the soil of this earth in this last 10 days that people have not said jesus is good he's my lord he's coming soon I'm talking about all over the place it's an amazing thing to see how many people even last night when I got on the bus over in Houston to go to the parking space you know the the, the lady that was driving the bus uh, she said where did you come from and I, I, I just told her a little bit and I, I said she said oh I'd like to go with you I said well the first thing you need is to get Jesus in your life She said, oh, he is number one in my life. And she began to testify to Jesus Christ and what he was doing in her life. I mean, just driving right down the right, you know, lickety split, that bumpy thing, you know. I have found people that are filled with the power of God, with the joy of the Lord, in dire circumstances, in situations that are unbelievable, in in, in places that's unimaginable. I've seen them dancing and leaping and praising the Lord and thanking Him for the goodness. I met a young man named Alex, 17 years old. 17, and, and there, there's no way he can watch me because there's no electricity where he lives. And, 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 but, but, but we're going to hear more about Alex. Alex, 17 years old, he got born again. He got Jesus in his life. When I, when I met him, I didn't know that he was saved. I met him in the trash dump in Nakuru, Kenya, East Africa. I met him in a place that that, that I had to walk through little narrower places and duck to keep from being cut by tin and and to keep from you know uh, stepping over rocks and 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 going through uh, and 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 I went into this little back place where where someone had dug out some ground. They had dug a place about about seven feet by nine or ten feet. Been digging, and it it, it was uh, like you're in this you know. Um, uh, city that is, that is just lean-tos and plastic and, 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 and boards and cardboard. Way back up in there, Alex had been gathering sticks and gathering some plastic. 17 years old. He's going to build. I, I said, what are you going to do with that? He said, I'm going to build my family a house. And I, I, I've been digging the foundation. Of course, the foundation, all it was, is he was leveling some dirt. It's said oh red rocky clay you know the 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 the, you know it's 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 crumbly he'd been digging it out and he had him a little place dug out and then he had a uh, you know about a about a seven by seven and then about a two foot by seven foot was just a little bit deeper he gonna add a little dimension to his house and he got some sticks he probably had about 10 or 12 sticks gathered. I'm talking about sticks, branches off of a tree that are about you know, about maybe an inch or two inches in diameter and maybe they were six feet long. He just had a few of those sticks gathered uh, and, and, and he had some plastic and he had some other things gathered. He's going to build a house. Uh, how long have you been working on this house? been working on it about a month because there's not much there in that dump site. But he's getting everything that he can. Why? Because he's going to build his family a house I said why he said because i want them to have a house i want them to have a home i want them to be warm it's just going to be a dirt floor and it's just going to be some plastic and some sticks i said alex are you saved he said yes i am i am born again i'm saved jesus is my lord (laughs) and and i'm going to build my family a house you know because of your interaction there, because of what we've been doing, this young man has been born again, given his life to Christ, and he is so full of hope and so full of excitement and so full of joy. Let me tell you, I begin to see what just about you know uh, twelve sheets of tin could do for this young man, and maybe a handful of nails and some more sticks, you know, which we're going to get. I'm, I'm going to do that. You can't. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there'll be some other things you'll get to do but i kind of want to do this for alex because and he doesn't know it you know but i got a man going there to to mark it off to step it off to see how many pieces of tin it takes and then and then uh me and brenda gonna send some money there to buy that material you know you know i don't know 100 bucks or so you know now Alex we're going to let him build his house. Alex is going to build his family house. I'll show you next week I'll show you a picture. I'll show you a video of 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 of, of the house where he's dug this thing. It's just amazing. Let me tell you the church of the living God is alive and well don't believe what the devil has to say about the church don't believe what the devil has to say about the loss that they don't want to hear they want to hear listen people are coming to christ all over the world they're flooding the churches they're flooding uh anybody that will preach a clear message of the gospel people are listening and they're getting born again lives are being changed things are happening this is what the church has been doing for 2,000 years. And we're gaining ground. We're not losing ground. Don't believe what the devil has to say. Stop listening to that propaganda. The church of the living God is gaining ground. We are ga- Everywhere I went, I saw people testifying of Jesus and his goodness. I'm talking about from, from this tall all the way to way tall. okay? And you know, from young to old, everyone testifying of how good God has been to them you know let me uh, i have been so refreshed during this trip to realize that covid if anything covid has accelerated people's desire to embrace a living God, a true message of the gospel. And there are people that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with all fervor. They are witnessing on the streets. I have seen people uh, standing on street corners you know, uh, uh, around the world just sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from their heart, uh, preaching like people were hearing them, preaching like, I mean, but they just, you know, people just wanting to share Jesus Christ. It's amazing. How many people are saying yes to Jesus? And people tonight, uh, today are watching all over the world to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am, I am encouraged. Uh, I, I, I didn't mean to be so, uh, um, so, I don't know what it was, but that's just off the top of my heart. I am encouraged. And I want you to be encouraged. And I want you to be encouraged. Listen, Jesus Christ is the answer. He is the answer. He gave his life on the cross of Calvary for you and he is coming back for a blood-bought, victorious church. He's not coming back for some ragtag group of people living in a, you know, you know, some tribulation cave, eating tribulation food. He's coming back for a blood-bought, victorious, powerful bride that he's proud of in all of her glory. He's coming back, uh, and, and when he does, there'll be a smile on his face because he's going to see us in victory, Amen. Uh, keep on, keep on, keep on. God is working through you. He's doing something powerful with you. He has a plan for your life, and today we're going to talk about that plan. Today we're going to talk about the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Many people imagine that that uh, the church has been silent around the world, but it's not. You know, today, tens of thousands of people will give their life to Christ. The majority of the people that will get saved today are in China, a place where you can't even preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're in China, a place where you can go to jail. You can be executed for converting people to Christianity. Places like North Korea. Do you know how many people be born again in North Korea today? A place to where if if, if you let somebody know that you're saved, not only you, but three generations of your family can end up in prison today in North Korea. But that pales in comparison to eternity and what God is doing in the lives of those that say yes to Christ. Just one more chance to tell one more person about Jesus. Man, man we have a great commission, a great commission. Would you turn with me to Matthew, the 28th chapter today? Matthew, chapter 28. Matthew, the 28th chapter. In verse 18, these are understood to be Jesus' last words, last instructions before he left planet Earth as he was turning things over to his followers. And today that's me and you. He said this to them, All authority, verse 18, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, the Great Commission is a constant and a continuing mission of the church. This morning we're going to talk about this Great Commission. We're going to understand it in this uh, threefold mission of the church. It always has been and always will be the mission of the church. The mission has a, uh, excuse me, the church has a three Old mission that we are called to accomplish and i am here to tell you before we start this i am here to tell you that you have been doing a good job i want you to know before we get into the mechanics of what the church is called to do i want us to start off from the realization that we end up by hearing well done we don't end up by hearing you know woe is you all right so as we're going through this threefold mission of the church, I want you to understand that I'm talking to you from a place of victory, that I'm talking to you from a place of I have just been around the world. I have just seen what the church has done. I have just seen what people like you can do. I have just seen what more churches, not just like us. I just was sitting on a rooftop in Corinth day before yesterday. I think it was yesterday someplace, but it was David, it was my yesterday. I was sitting on a rooftop overlooking Corinth. I was sitting there having a bite to eat. And out of my ear, I could hear four young men at a table. Five young men at a table. And they were in their 20s probably. I'm going to say their their, their mid to late 20s. And I could hear them as they were talking about what happened at Corinth. And I looked over there, and these young men just seemed to be normal, average young men. And so before we were finished eating, we struck up a conversation with them and said, Hey, what are you, know, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Who are you? you know, and I asked if they were born again, if they were saved. Do you know that two of these young men, one of them, uh, in, in fact, had three children. The other one, has his, his, his third child was on the way. He was about to have a third child. And two of them were single, and, uh, and another one, I'm, I'm not sure about him. But these young men, the two with children, they live in Lebanon. They're from Texas. They were all from Texas. These two young men, one of them has three children and a wife. The other one has two, child, two, two children and a wife. And the third one is about to be delivered any day. And they live in Lebanon, what are they doing in Lebanon? They're witnessing for Jesus Christ. They're raising up a church for the Living God. They're doing the work of a missionary. They're, I mean, abs- I thought Lebanon. Here are these young men. It could have been any one of you young men. It could have been any one of our young adults. They have given their lives and moved their families to Lebanon. And the other two are considering what mission field that God has called them to. And they're just sitting there having lunch on top of a rooftop talking about the things of Jesus. And they're just common young men. I tell you, i got such hope. Such hope for the church of the living God. Today when I'm telling you about the three things that are constant and continuing for the church. I'm talking about what God has been doing through the church for the last 2000 years. I'm talking about what God has been doing through you, people just like you and you for your lifetime. I'm telling you what you're doing today. The first thing, the first mission of the church, number 1 is evangelization. The first mission of every born-again Christian, and therefore the first mission of the church, because the church is just a called-out, called-together group of born-again believers. You are the church. There is no church but you. You are the church. It's like you are the United States of America. It's like you are your family. You. You are the ones. The very first Thing that God has called every born-again believer to do and the very first mission of the church is to evangelize. We must preach the gospel of Jesus Christ the pure message of salvation. That message that says that if you believe in the Lord Jesus and if you will repent of your sins and ask Him into your heart, He will come and save you by a miracle and you will come a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things will pass away and all things will become new. And even though you don't know how, it will change your life forever and it will cause a fire to come on the inside of you. And so that you can but prophesy, you will have to tell other people about Jesus That's the kind of gospel message that we need to preach. Evangelization cannot be done by preaching a social gospel. Evangelization cannot be done by preaching a political gospel people can't be saved by politics they cannot be saved by society they cannot be saved by education there must be a conversion there must be a true conversion of the soul not just learning about the things of God not just learning the songs not just talking the talk and walking the walk but rather down on the inside of a human being what happens when they give their life to Jesus Christ Some happens it's not a woke gospel it's not a social gospel it's not a political gospel it is the never-ending all-powerful life-changing soul-saving eternal powerful gospel of Jesus Christ by which he paid for in his own blood the Apostle Paul said I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's a day and a time today, church, whenever we go places, wherever we go, whenever we go to the mall, whenever we go to Walmart, whenever we go on a trip, whenever we go to our job, it's a time that we cannot afford to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We have got to start asking people about their eternity. We've got to start asking people in schools and in universities and in hospitals if they're born again, if they're saved. Do they know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ changes a life forever. And without salvation, people die and go to a sinner's hell. I have been to some bad places in this world, but the worst place I have ever been pales in comparison to hell. And hell hath enlarged herself. The church must evangelize. And the only way we can evangelize is to preach the gospel. We must reach the lost. We must reach the lost. For the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. You don't need to know much else in life except Jesus Christ and him crucified if you want to win someone to Christ because God has already worked in their heart God has already prepared them and when we share the good news of Jesus and the love of Jesus when we tell people that they can be born again right now whenever you know, you know when we tell people that you can be saved you can be changed do you know what that does on the inside of them something happens I know here in America especially in, in the Bible belt especially in the south where there's so so many churches and everybody grew up going to church pretty much generally you know many times people get saved through osmosis you have a real salvation you ask Jesus into your heart and your life but you didn't necessarily go through life many of you did not go through life without Christ to realize how horrible it is out there how hard it is out there but there are people that you're around every day that need a life change they need a dynamic conversion And the church must evangelize. We must pay attention first to evangelization. We must reach the lost. We must be willing to go where the lost are. If we are unwilling to go where the lost are, if we are unwilling to go where the hungry are, we will never feed them. If we are unwilling to go where the lost are, we will never see them saved. God is not afraid of sinners. God is not afraid of sin. You and I need to stop being afraid of sinners and stop being afraid of sin. We need to realize that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and anyone who hears the gospel has a chance to believe the gospel. You need to look around for the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst that you know, that you imagine, that perhaps they they never give Jesus a second thought and watch what God will do in their life when you begin to share the love of Christ with them. God will save your enemies. He'll Save your friends. He'll save your family. Don't believe the lie that the devil has told you that your family does not want to hear about Jesus. That's a lie. They hunger for the salvation that only comes through knowing him. Approach it from a place of victory. Approach it from a place to where we're realizing that we must evangelize. We cannot be afraid of sinners. And we cannot be afraid of the situations in which they live they live in sin we've got to stop being so afraid and so distant from our pet prejudices we have got to start reaching the lost may god put you in a place filled with lost people i would pray for any fisherman that god would put them in a place where there was an abundant you know group of fish you know I pray that God would put you in a place where there is an abundant harvest potential, that He would put you in the midst of sinners and that you would be a light shining in that darkness. The church must evangelize. The second mission of the church, once we have evangelized, we must also pay attention to discipleship. Discipleship. That's what Jesus said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, preach the good news. You know, and make disciples of all nations and teach them to do what I've taught you to do. You know, the church has almost, in, in some generations, stopped discipling people. Stopped discipling the saints. We have got to teach the saints. We have got to train the saints. Could you imagine uh, being, you know, uh, joining the military? And, and no one ever training you or no one ever teaching you about who the enemy is. No one ever giving you any, anything to work with, any weapons to work with. That's what discipleship does. The apostle Paul said that as a part of his discipleship, he had learned to crucify his flesh. He had learned to transform his life by renewing his mind. And he had learned to bring his body into subjection he had learned how to live a victorious life in christ he had learned how why because of discipleship he took time and gave his life he pressed against the hard things that's why jesus spent three and a half years with those 12 men was so that he could disciple them so that he could teach them how to handle the affairs of life one of the biggest reasons why people fight and struggle all of their life with, with one or two or three little sins. You know, many people, they, 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 they have these little, what the Bible calls besetting sins. You know, they're the same sins they trip up on over and over and over and over. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Come on now, work with me here. You know these little besetting sins that just haunt you? You just trip on them and you, you know, they're there over and over and over and over and over, whatever it is. You know, you know why many people miss the greatest opportunities in life Those are the opportunities to live a joy-filled, happy life and to be a witness for Christ. Many people miss the opportunity of life because they're struggling with a few sins. They're working always, working on their own life, always working on their own life, always working on their own life, always working on their own life, and they miss the joy that God had intended of being a light shining in darkness and seeing other people to come to Christ. They they, they waste so much of their time on their own petty sins and on their own petty life that if they're not watchful, they will end up going to heaven and not bringing one person with them because they've spent all of their life on their own petty problems. Why? It's because they were not disciples. They never got to a place to where someone made them stand toe-to-toe with their sin, toe-to-toe with their conviction, and not be able to escape it. They never gave their lives over to someone or to some place to say, show me how to live, show me what to do. And they have never won that decisive sharp battle of life that says, I am no longer a sinner. I am a born-again Christian. And win that one big battle and emerge victorious they stay in those small skirmishes over and over they have the same arguments in their head over and over they slide back into petty complaints and in, in into divisiveness and over and over they slide back into bitterness and unforgiveness and hatred and wrath and strife and sedition and heresies and and they become murderous in their own minds Because they have never broken through. They've never prayed through. They've never stayed through. They've never gotten to a place they got so serious with God and got down on their knees and said, this is the last time that I'm having something to drink. This is the last time that I'm going to go to that website. This is the last time. And I'm staying here, Lord. I don't care if the house burns down. I don't care what happens to me. I am here until I get a breakthrough because I'm not living life like a sinner. I'm not living life down below. I am going to remain victorious in Christ and you got to stay through till you pray through till you get through till you get some help and become accountable to somebody so that the sins in your life don't end up swallowing your whole life we need help now remember we're sharing this from a place of victory I'm not getting on to you I'm telling you what the church is called to do and I'm telling you what's being done in the church today I'm telling you what's happening all around me and what I'm seeing all over the world. I am seeing the church evangelize. I am seeing it like never before, reaching out into the darkest places. I'm seeing you, church. I'm seeing you reaching out into places where people have such dire need. I have seen people come to Christ this week because of you. The church is alive and well. We are evangelizing the world. We cannot let up you're doing good you are doing good you might say me pastor i'm saying you yes you collectively are doing good i don't know how you're doing individually but collectively you're doing great now if you need to get your individual life in line you need to get you know that that's your responsibility have you won that sharp decisive battle in your life have you won that victory in your life are you just coming for another little band-aid every sunday That's you individually. But let me tell you about the church. The church that I happen to be the pastor of right now is a a dynamo that's reaching around the world from Indonesia to Kenya to to, 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 you know all over. I can't even name the places. Thailand, Philippines. And the work that we are doing, that that I have seen is a dynamic work for Jesus Christ and people, their lives are changing. They're happy in such sad situations because they have Christ that you took to them. Over the last 30 or 40 years, I have, I, I, I have visited these places this week that we have been working together for the whole time, for the 33 years I've been here, and for longer than that, even before I came. And I'm telling you, I see the difference. I see what you're doing. The third thing, you know, it would be such a waste of time, life, and opportunity to keep struggling with your own sins, with your own carnality, with, your, you know, uh, with, with, with gossip or controlled by greed or jealousy, don't do that. Listen, conversion without transformation leaves the born-again soul living in the shadows of the unsaved. I made that up. Somewhere flying between here and Greece last night. Just burning on my heart. Let me read it again because that's only the second time I wrote it, and this was, that was the first time I've read it, Dean. <laughs> so let me, let me read it again, because uh, it, it, it just rang in my spirit when I wrote it last night. Conversion without transformation leaves the born-again soul living in the shadows of the unsaved. Don't live like an unsaved person. God expects more from us than that. And let me tell you, I'm seeing more. I'm seeing more. Well done. Transformation is the key. Not just education, but transformation. Number three. Number one, the church must evangelize. Number two, the church must disciple. And number three, the mission of the church is church planting, reproducing, birthing and supporting other local congregations in every city that we go to. In every place the Apostle Paul went, he left a church behind. He witnessed, he evangelized, He taught them, he discipled, He even wrote back to them. He stayed connected to them, like we are staying connected to all the things that we have done. From Russia to Indonesia, we're staying connected. We continue to encourage and disciple and strengthen. Jesus died for the church. He's coming back for the church. The church is his bride. The church is the one lasting investment that we can make on planet earth. It's the only thing I know of that I can leave behind. The church. You see, the church must be evangelistic. The church must disciple. And the church must reproduce itself you see Christianity is but one generation away from extinction the church has always been one generation away from extinction and congregations that refuse to be evangelistic will soon become cannibalistic churches begin to divide and bite and devour when something bigger is not on their shoulders when they forget about the lost and start thinking about themselves they start arguing over what color the carpet is they start arguing over how loud the sound is they start fussing and dividing over things that the preacher said or didn't say or somebody shook their hand or didn't shake their hand or somebody wore you know, something that was you know, not something I would wear I mean uh, churches have divided throughout history but let me tell you that's not happening I'm not seeing that anymore I'm seeing a blood-bought church that is maturing. I'm seeing it as though it were the sons of Jacob when they were young and they were divided and they were idealistic and they were selfish. They grew up and they became family. I'm seeing the church of the living God. I'm seeing the Methodists, the Baptist, the church of Christ. I'm seeing the Episcopalians, the Lutherans. I'm seeing the Catholics. I am seeing Christians, born again Christians from every strata of society working together around the world to bring christ to a lost and a hurting world don't believe what the world has to say it may appear that nations and governments are in some chaotic upheaval it may appear that this world is out of control but let me tell you the truth god is in control God is pulling the strings behind the scenes. There is no government or no power in existence that God has not allowed for some purpose that He has. And when we think that things are out of control and and this is horrible, this is something that, oh my, what's going to happen? We need to fall back and realize that the just shall live by their faith. This is not the worst day that God has ever faced. And the people in power today, even the worst of them are not the worst that God has ever faced. And yet the church is is still here the church is still strong and the church is still evangelizing still discipling saints and we are still planting churches all over the world everywhere that we go we leave a group of believers behind God is doing well heaven's doing well we are winning this battle we're not losing it don't let the devil get you depressed and make you want to quit don't believe it for 1 minute. God is working in your family even if you're not. God, you know, God is watching over your finances even if you're not. God is invested in your future even if you are not. God is God is bigger than you. He's he's got a plan for your life, and he's going to bring you to the place to where you realize his goodness was always right there. He is watching over your physical body. He is making sure that nothing happens to you that's outside of his master plan for your life. God has a master plan for this world. Hitler was not a surprise to God. Putin is not a surprise to God. Not a surprise to God. Communist China is not a surprise to God. God has a master plan. And what we need to do is be about our business that He left us to do and leave His business to Him. We need to make sure that as a church we continue to evangelize, we continue to disciple, and we continue to plant churches around the world that will last beyond our lifetime. Because that's what we are called to do. It's a great commission. It's a great commission. And He will work with us always. He's not abandoned us. He's working in your family today. Today while you are here, God is remembering your prayers. It may have been a decade since you prayed. He's not forgotten that. It may be something that you in your heart you know just called out to God use me and then life kind of consumed you God hadn't forgotten today you can recommit your life to Christ I'm here to tell you right now that God is receiving recommitments today all over the world he is hearing people that are saying here I am God use me he's sending him their neighborhood he's opening up doors of opportunity in their businesses God is using people because the greatest revival the world has ever seen is yet ahead. We are going to see people coming to Jesus. Listen, and and, and if you're a Christian and you're just standing around, expect to get run over by the people you never expected to come to church. Expect them to run over you and to sit down in your seat and lift up their hands and sing louder than you do because God is at work God is at work in Kenya I was preaching last Sunday and there was a whole group of pastors there I was preaching to the whole congregation but just before I got up to preach the Lord spoke to me and told me to ask them a question when I stood up this is the question I ask who are you Who are you? Who are you? Well, who do you want to be? Tell me who you want to be. Not just who are you in the story of life, but who do you want to be in the story of your life? Who do you want to be in God's story? Who are you in your family? Who are you at work? Who are you at school? Well, who do you want to be? If you are not the one you want to be, you need to give it all to Jesus one more time. Because you can be all God has called you to be today you can be all God has called you to be for those of you that are here I'd like you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment for those of you at home I want you as well just to focus on what I'm saying for just a moment let me ask you have you ever come to the place in life where you have had a true conversion experience I don't mean a a place to where you have you know uh, uh, walked an aisle I'm talking about have you had a life change did the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead come into your life and make you alive? Have you ever noticed? Can you look back on a place to where you know that you know that you know that Jesus saved your soul and changed your life? Now I realize for a very slim few of you, you have just always had Jesus in your life, and that is the best testimony ever but for the majority of you the far majority of you there was a point in time that God called you and a point in time that you either said yes or maybe or let's see today you can be truly born again a conversion experience not just Uh, I'm going to try to do better, but a life change. I'm talking about something that changes you into a new creature. It literally changes you from the inside out. You become a born-again child of Almighty God. Your soul is saved, and you're never the same. Are you born again who are you are you a child of god do you want to be do you want to be right now you can be if you'll just pray this prayer with me you might say is it that easy yes it is that easy in fact if it was any harder then it wouldn't it, it it wouldn't testify to all that jesus did jesus did all the hard stuff he's saying now it's like somebody asking will you marry me i do is the answer I will here I am Jesus is the answer pray with me right now and ask Jesus to become your Lord not just your Savior but your Lord ask him into your heart right now just pray this with me Father Almighty God I believe that Jesus is your son and I believe you gave him as a sacrifice for my soul and my sins Right now, I ask you to come into my life, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I am sorry. Save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die. But between now and then, teach me what I need to know so that I can live a victorious life. Change me, transform me, renew my mind. I right now give my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. Fill me with the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Today, I commit my life to you. Use me if you can. If you can do anything with the mess I made, Lord, here I am. Use me. Help me. Make me valuable to you, to my family, and even to my enemies. I ask this in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.